to It's a Musical Podcast, the podcast show where I force my boyfriend to watch the musicals he really should have seen by now, and then we talk about them. I am the boyfriend. And I am the pirate king. <laughs> well, you're not. I am. You're not. Sing out for the pirate king. <laughs> the bandit king. <laughs> The Pirate King. <laughs> we are watching today the pirate movie because in a couple of days we are going away to Cornwall on our holidays. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Oh my goodness. It's crept up faster than I would expect. I'm very excited. It's me too. I've never been to Cornwall. Yeah, I have many times. It's very <laughs> exciting. I actually, in Cornwall once, saw a production of Pirates of Penzance, which is what this film is based on. But it's not the Pirates of Penzance. But it is the Pirates of Penzance. <laughs> this is so meta. Yeah. You're going to love it. So this is our first Gilbert and Sullivan, mm -hmm. but also not our first Gilbert and Sullivan. Yeah, basically. Do you know who Gilbert and Sullivan are? <sighs> yeah, Gilbert and Sullivan. <laughs> In relation to anything other than this? Um, they're composers. Yes. They did very modern... Like, the, I am the definition of a modern major general. That, That's that from Pirates of Penzance. Yeah, they do that sort of one. So, um, you've not seen it, but Scrubs the Musical episode. Um, oh, I do know that that references some Gilbert and Sullivan. Yeah, because Dr. Cox isn't a singer, could not sing, but obviously, you know, we have our pre-existing cast, we need to give them roles. Mm -hmm. They did a Gilbert and Sullivan-esque song for oh, him, for the rant song, Yeah, um, which I think I've played for you, but it's very much, uh, you know... Similar. Similar. Mm -hmm. And and it's in that sort of, it's, it's anyone could do it. Yeah. I say anyone could do it. No, it, it doesn't require necessarily the, the, the range that most singers would need, because it is, like you say, talk singing, not to demean what it is, but... I find that that's the song I can sing best mm -hmm. from the Scrubs musical episode because I don't have to, like, increase my pitch. Yeah. It's just the tempo. And I think with Gilbert and Sullivan, their tempo is quite fast. You know, and they'd give the Sherman brothers a run for their money on, like, the, the rhymes that they use. They would, except they were writing uh, in the late 18 and early 1900s. Oh, well, yeah, but I, I, I mean, nowadays, if I'm listening to them, they'd give them a run for their money. Yes, they would. So Gilbert Sullivan is the Victorian-era theatrical partnership of W.S. Gilbert, who lived from 1836 to 1911, and the composer, Arthur Sullivan, who lived from 1842 to 1900. So they were working together within that time frame. And they created operettas, which is like Les Mis, essentially, yes. where you sing your whole musical through and it's like an opera, but it's light, opera light, so that everybody, the masses, can go and see it. Obviously, Pirates of Penzance, but they have the Mikado and HMS Pinafore, amongst others, but those are the big ones. I know the Mikado because that's referenced in Teachers. Yes, it is. <laughs> that's funny. They took their ideas and created these sort of fanciful over-the-top worlds where you take absurdity to its just like complete conclusion where you have like fairies being friends with British nobility and flirting is illegal and like 
it's all just over the top ridiculousness. Yeah. In their stories. And they had, they're described as having con- the ability to convey both humour and pathos. Were they very much like musical melodrama? Because melodrama was uh, the biggest form of entertainment of its mm-hmm. day during the Victorian era. It's kind of like what we have nowadays with superhero movies. Yeah. Guaranteed bank. So they'd have been working within a system where that is what everyone's showing. They'd be applying music to this kind of style. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the plots would have that kind of melodrama absurdity. Or... Yeah, okay. absolutely. The Savoy Theatre in London was built in 1881. It was built for them cool. to show their shows in, which is crazy yeah. and amazing. So, so, they do Pirates of Penzance. Yes, in 1880. Where does the pirate movie come into this? Um, Almost 100 years later... In 1982, over 100 years later, yeah, 1982, Ken Anakin, Mike Brady and Peter Sullivan, no relation, decided they were going to make a parody movie of the Broadway production of The Pirates of Penzance. And they originally thought they were just going to make a straight movie. They were just going to film a version of Pirates of Penzance. They brought on uh, Ted Hamilton who became the executive producer, but in this film plays the Pirate King, sing out. And they were trying to figure out where they were going to go with it. And they decided in the end that the best way to make Pirates of Penzance work for an 80s modern audience was to update it for the 80s and have a framing narrative of it being set modern day. Okay. And... They brought on Ken Anakin to direct. They were rushed into production. However, when another director announced that he was going to make a straight movie of the Pirates of Penzance at exactly the same time. So they rushed this to get this done because they wanted it to be a big hit. And it was tagged as the musical comedy adventure of the summer. And so they were trying to get it released before anyone could release a true version of the Pirates of Penzance. Yeah. They filmed mostly around South Melbourne and in a load of different places in Australia and Sydney because they wanted everything to be very sunny. Obviously, you want to film... If you're going to film a pirate movie, you need it to be sunny, except for in specific moments. Yeah. So you need to film somewhere that's going to be hot and sunny and good for your audience to be able to see everything, which is something that people have forgotten how to do. In modern day. I like, I've seen a joke online that when it comes to Marvel, you have the lights, camera, action. But when it comes to DC, it's just cameras, action. <laughs> yeah, no lights. That's funny. <laughs> I like that. I There's a lot of things nowadays that are far too dark to watch. Mm-hmm. And it's, a, it's an issue with modern filmmaking. But we're not going to have that problem today. Yeah. Which is good. Yeah. So Ted Hamilton was brought on. He wanted to do it. It was his idea to start with. And he knew he wanted to produce it, but also play the Pirate King in the movie. But he started out as a teen singing sensation, which is hilarious. Not unlike Justin Bieber. Fantastic. How I would describe it. So someday we're going to get Justin Bieber doing the modernised version of My Fair Lady. That would be amazing. 
Call it what the, is the modernised version of My Fair Lady? The Ascot movie. <laughs> That's terrible. Then they brought on Christy McNichol. So she is our lead actress in the film. She has been in things like Little Darlings, Only When I Laugh, Empty Nest, which was a sitcom. She's won a couple of Emmy Awards in her time as an actress but she was also in things like Starsky and Hutch and the Bionic Woman and Love Boat and all of these very specific so she's she's quite a recognized name then if she's shown up in a lot of this media yeah at this point she definitely is she'd also done a load of television stuff but she won a bunch of Emmy Awards and Golden Globes for her different performances interestingly enough not for this movie (laughs) But yeah, she was a well-known actress at the time. And then we need our romantic male lead. So they brought in Christopher Atkins, who is still performing to this day and is working on things that are yet to be announced. Cool. I looked on his IMDb page. That's very cool. <laughs> it's very cool. But yes, he is best known for The Blue Lagoon, which I have no idea what that is. It's a film. I know it's a film. It was a pop culture phenomenon, apparently, but it had controversial nude scenes and sexual content. It's Brooke Shields. Is it? Yeah. I have never heard of it. I only know it because it's referenced in South Park, the movie. Oh, I see. Yeah. Fair enough. He was in the movie version of Swan Lake. He was in Aladdin and the Magic Lamp. Obviously, the pirate movie, we know. He's been in basically everything. <laughs> If you scroll through his accolades, it just is the longest list I've ever seen. And yeah, he's also directed and produced and written a load of different projects. Fantastic. However, at this time, their plan was to hire some young heartthrob and get him on board so that people would want to come and see this movie because they wanted a sort of... I guess the best way I can describe it is the Zac Efron effect. Yes. Where it's like, you want posters of this guy on your wall. You want it to be, like, big. Well, I have a new headcanon that everything post-high school musical Mm. isn't Zac Efron. It's Troy Bolton. So, like, when we have Hairspray, that's Troy Bolton's college performance. Because, of course, he played Link. And... You know, he then goes on to try and star in films and he goes into 17 again because mm-hmm. you've got the basketball. It is just Troy Bolton. Yeah. Uh, so Zach Efron does not exist anymore. There is only Troy Bolton. There is only Troy Bolton. He has had a very successful career and I'm very pleased for Troy Bolton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can see that. You know, you see that a lot of times with a lot of films, they try and get a heartthrob who they hope will be the next big thing. And they then use, I, I guess, kind of look at Chris Hemsworth as well. Started off as Thor. Oh, sure. But then he's obviously had, like, quite a good career. How dare you? Chris Hemsworth started off in the Saddle Club. <laughs> okay, yes. But his first film, I believe, was Thor. Sure. And he's had a very successful career since that point. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think... Yeah. I After feel like f- it wasn't Thor, because he's in Cabin in the Woods, and he's skinny. That got released after Thor, on the success of Thor. It was never going to be released. Cabin, That's super Cabin interesting. in the Woods was a buried, dead project. what that's my favorite horror movie it was seen as a failure and it was only released off off of the back of off of the back of thor we can make some chris hemsworth money exactly which is why it's so shocking when chris hemsworth goes so early into the film like drew barrymore yeah but you'd be forgiven for looking at thor and thinking he's just this body 
Mm-hmm. But then you look at things like Rush and you realise that he's a really capable actor as well. I've not seen that. Oh, we need I to think he's Rush. a good actor in I Thor. I think he's a great actor in Thor, but <laughs> in the same way as Zac Efron, you would think that he was hired just because he had this cute face. Sure. But has then shown more skills. Mm. Yeah. So this became a cult phenomenon around the late 80s. When this aired originally, when it was released, it didn't do very well. Yeah. And then very, very quickly picked up traction and became a huge deal that people still see today. And we see things like the Prince Charles Cinema in London show this film as a sing-along and as like a... In the same way, yeah. In the same way as they do the Jellicle Ball and they do... The Rocky Horror Rocky Picture, Picture Show. It's great. Yeah, so you say this has become like a cult thing. So this is very much off the bat of Rocky Horror Picture Show becoming this cult thing. You know, if, if Rocky Horror didn't exist at this point, do you think the pirate movie would have ever gained this popularity? I don't know. I think the way that the Rocky Horror picture show affected this sort of cult musical is a really interesting cultural shift in the way that people watched things because you could watch the rocky horror picture show and enjoy yourself without actually caring about any of the characters yes and just have a good time and it's the same with this you can watch this you don't really need to care about some of the characters but you have a good time laughing at what's happening whereas other musicals of the time and Pirates of Penzance specifically, you had to sit and take seriously and listen to, even though it is sort of farcical, you still are sat listening to the words that they're singing and what's going on. Yeah, because they provide more exposition than anything else. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So this isn't Pirates of Penzance, but it is. So does it mean it's the same songs as Pirates of Penzance or did they have to rework them? They took the songs from Pirates of Penzance, cut them down to make them movie length so that they could have it be uh, song, action, song, action. Yeah. That sort of flow and have things happening in between. And then they added a bunch of new songs that would fill in for the gaps of where there should be old Gilbert and Sullivan songs, but it needs to be updated for the modern audience. Yes. So it's a mix of both. And you will definitely be able to tell which which. <laughs> and also we have some instances of them adding a verse or a couple of verses on to some of the Gilbert and Sullivan songs just to update them a little bit. See, because there was a Pirates of Penzance movie being produced at the time, that surprises me. Because why would there be multiple rights given out? Yeah. I, I thought that they'd have to completely... Like, it is just... You know, if you're in the know, you're in the know. This is Pirates of Penzance. But they can't... But this is the the modern general song and this is the whatever song. Mm. That's interesting. Yeah. There's been loads of Pirates of Penzance movies. There's one that came out in... The one that was up against it came out in 1983 and it starred Angela Lansbury and Kevin Kline and Rex Smith. And it was just sort of a straight... Gilbert and Sullivan adaptation. Yeah. And so when that came out, it did okay. People weren't hugely into it because 
if you wanted to see Pirates of Penzance, the best way to see it was to go to the theatre. And it's something that is is at every theatre quite regularly because regional groups can quite easily get the rights to this. Oh, absolutely. And it's got a big ensemble. You don't need a whole lot of set. It all takes place sort of in the same place. Yeah. With a couple of adjustments, obviously. And you really need your ensemble to be the best singers because they carry the whole show. Whereas with other musicals, you need, you know, if think about Greece, while you can have a big ensemble for Greece, realistically, you need your Rizzo and you need your Sandy. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to have a huge ensemble for that show to work. No. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. I'm very excited to watch this. I love this movie. I think it's absolutely hilarious. I have previously seen it at the Prince Charles Cinema. Yeah. It was a riot. It was great. And I just have a good time watching. Cool. Well, hopefully we will have a good time watching it. And you will not put me off Cornwall. <laughs> I hope not. I really want to go on holiday, please. <laughs> or just cancel our holiday plans as Danny does not enjoy the pirate movie. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Huh. So we will be back after the intermission to talk all things piratey. Yes, indeed. Final question. No. Is this one rated R? Boo. Oh, that sucks. (laughs) And on that bad joke, we will see you very, very shortly. Strange emotions wash over me Like the rush of the deepest sea And I feel first love I never thought it would be You're all I dreamed of I will be constantly true Love moves me inside Like the moon moves the tide My first love We are back. We have sailed the seven seas. And made it to the happy ending. Yeah, but was it a victorious happy ending? Yes. Or was it just an ending? It was a happy victorious ending. Well, (laughs) I'm, I'm sure we can talk about it as we get there. Yeah. I think this is a very, very odd film. Yeah, that's kind of the point. It's like they started with every intention of doing... The Pirates of Penzance. Mm-hmm. But like updated for the 80s, whatever. And then halfway through realised that, oh, should we just turn it into a parody? Yeah. Because the parody stuff comes so out of nowhere. <laughs> the, it, it's not like the film as a whole sets you up from it from the get-go. Yeah. And I think that's a big part of why I didn't get on with this film. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to compare it to other, like, parody films that I know. Because they are always hit and miss for me. There are some I really enjoy. And some that I will re-watch quite regularly. Yeah. And there are some that I've watched once and turned off very quickly into it because it's not for me. hmm And we'll talk, I guess, about where the pirate movie docks within that ranking. Yeah. I also do have to think with this one about, like, 
you know, I gave Rent one star. That is true. That was a long time ago, God. And I have to think, like, where does this rank comparatively Mm -hmm. to others we've watched? You showed me the... And I guess we should start. Let's promote the musical mash. Yeah. Because as soon as we watched it, you showed me the musical mash watching the pirate movie. And the reaction video, I said to you, I've literally written that note. Yes. And if you haven't checked it out, go over onto YouTube and watch Musical Mash react to the pirate movie. Because mm-hmm. I think it's a very fair and balanced. And I agree with a lot yeah. of what Tommy thinks. Yeah. Which is fair, because he has some really like clear points. Yeah, there's a lot I agree with. And in the same sense that I did not enjoy this film, and we'll talk about it, but I'm glad I watched it. Yeah. And I think everyone should experience the pirate movie Mm -hmm. and make their own mind up. This isn't art in the same way we talk about a lot of other things. Yeah. It's just so interesting, isn't it? The thing for me that I really just cannot comprehend Mm-hmm. is how the filmmakers of this were allowed to make this. Yeah. Because you have to get the rights to things. Mm-hmm. And Family Guy get away with that quite well because they clearly use things, as I'm learning on this podcast, but they make it different enough yeah. that it comes across as parody and, you know, fair use. Mm-hmm. But this is Gilbert and Sullivan's Pirates of Penzance. Yeah. Very specifically with the songs chosen at times. And I am surprised that this film was allowed to be made. All things considered. Yeah. So. Yeah, I have thoughts. (laughs) Very exciting. And, you know, I do wonder if you will sell it. It's one of those ones. I wonder how much you will sell it to me from talking to me about it. Mm. Some Mm. of the stuff I'm going to say to you is going to be like telling you things that having rewatched this with you, they do not say in the movie. Yeah. And it's only because I've got the plot breakdown in front of me, like from their website, the plot breakdown. And some of this stuff, like I didn't know where I'm like, okay, sure. Yeah. But... I've been watching a lot of Swell Entertainment recently, who's a YouTuber. She's fantastic. She does a lot of movie reviews and things. But something she says over and over again is, if I have to do extra research to find out things about your movie, you haven't made a movie, you've made me homework. Yeah. Which is fair, and I kind of agree with. So some of the stuff is going to be like that. And I think it's going to, you're going to be like, what? But in the same way, I, I completely agree with that point. But there are some movies that do leave you doing extra research, not because of homework, more because... Interest. Yeah. So, yeah. for instance, uh, Inception. Mm-hmm. There are films that very deliberately end as talking points or have moments that maybe you don't understand because... they're They there want to, yeah. They want you to talk about them. They want you to draw your own conclusions about them. This isn't that sort of movie. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you do have to go away and do extra research to understand things, yeah, yeah, that isn't a movie. That is homework. I like that. I'm mm-hmm. going to use that from now on. Yeah. So we have our, our main character, 
Mabel Stanley. But before we are introduced to Mabel, mm-hmm. we start with Victory. Yes. And I like this as an opening number. Mm-hmm. We have a very triumphant song as we watch pirates yep. out at business. Mm-hmm. You know, shooting cannons, scrubbing the decks. And, you know, I quite like, call back to Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, we yes. have sped up fighting, mm-hmm. which is really fun. And I thought this is a great montage of pirating. This is a really great introduction to the world. Yeah. And then it's revealed that this is a movie. Mm-hmm. That it's the pirate movie that they're watching a movie. Yes. I thought it was excellent. I was like, great, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. And then it's revealed that we're in the 80s in, like, beach town, wherever. Australia. Okay, but, I mean, it doesn't actually specify where it is. We don't get, like, a subtitle. Nobody would know. Unless you were Australian, in yeah. which case you might recognise it. But, yeah, that's fair. It doesn't matter where it is. This is a generic beach town. Yeah. They don't say, none of the characters say where they are, what's going on. It's just Pirate Week. Yeah, so it's... Mabel is an exchange student from America staying in a seaside town in Australia with her like exchange family, which is where the girls are from. The and it would have been are. really good if the film had told us that. Yes, indeed. <laughs> I agree. Because I read this and was like, okay. And when is that said? Nobody says that. She's just a generic teenager yeah. at this point. Very, very, very generic there is nothing that sets her apart from i don't think that else. makes any difference to be honest yeah. to the plot because we don't spend enough time with 80s mabel to care yeah we see pirate gold ice cream being given away for free which is a really awful great. business model however i feel like you have to pay to get into this festival thing of yeah pirates, but how much so of that understand. money is being given to this old man selling yeah He's not getting that money unless he's been paid gold. up. What flavour is pirate gold ice cream? Death. Salt. <laughs> sea salt and caramel. <laughs> oh, that's clever, actually. Yes, there we go. Sea salt and caramel. So, I do think more beaches should do, like, a pirate week. I think that would be a very cool... How cool is that? Like, gimmick. Mm-hmm. Where I'm from in Eastbourne, we have Airborne once a week during uh, August. And it sucks because it's just like an air show. And I, I don't like the noise of all the planes. Mm. But, you know, but if they had my pirate, pirate week? week, that would have yeah. been very cool. The best year they had Airborne is they had, like, a Nintendo roadshow come down. You had, like, the Pikachu bouncy castle. And you got to play Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess before it had been launched. You got to open it. And I was just like, I'm going there. I queued up. I was the first person in the queue. I was the first person in Eastbourne to play Twilight Princess. And it was great. And then we had to wait another, like, six months for the Nintendo Wii to come out to actually play it properly. But it was very, very that cool. That is very cool. So, yes, we meet Mabel. She is volunteered as tribute. She drops her pirate gold ice cream as she gets up. As she gets up onto the stage, the swordplay instructor, who will we will know later, is called Frederick. Well, this he's not called Frederick. Well, yeah, okay. He's just... he's Boy. He, Curly-haired boy. Curly, Christopher Atkins. Yeah. Curly head boy, Christopher Atkins. He, as he helps her up and she drops her ice cream, he's like, oh, your ice cream, I'm sorry. And he's going to instruct everyone on sword play with her. Mm -hmm. And he says to be careful or else she will be pillaged. And she says she'd hate to be pillaged by this swashbuckler. The horror. The horror. And he quite likes her. He gets on with her a little bit. And she's asked by him to go treasure hunting. 
But as long as she brings friends. Oh, no. it's So he says, "You basically, do you want to come for a ride on my boat? Yeah. And he's talking to her and then he looks around and sees everyone's looking at him. And he's like, oh, you can bring your friends if you want. But he's actually asking her out on a date. And he's just, yeah. He thinks she's with this group of girls. We know she's not like most girls because whilst they're all in bikinis, she is not. No, she's in way too many clothes for how hot it looks yeah. to be. Considering that almost everybody else is in a state of undress. But we have like a plaid, long sleeve shirt. She hasn't even rolled the sleeves up. Yep. Long jeans, glasses, ponytail. Yeah. Yeah. McDonald's. I wonder how much they pay to be in this movie. Because the shot of the McDonald's lingers for at least 10 seconds. That's true. And we see that Mabel has gone to mcdonald's she's carrying food for everyone mm-hmm. all of the girls are making it on the boat with this swashbuckler boy yep and they go to leave without her and the boy's like no wait for mabel wait for mabel mm-hmm. and they un- untie the uh anchor and speed off and mabel is left on her own yeah i think it's ironic that this pirate boy has been the victim of pirates <laughs> that's true they technically are pirates now they've stolen a boat his boat yeah and Mabel sees that there is a uh, renter boat. Yeah, they're like little, tiny little sailboats, whereas the one that they were driving had a motor yeah. and a sail. So she's never going to catch up to them. But, but she you know. tries. Yeah. You know, she sets her sails and she goes, and she is the victim of bad weather. Mm-hmm. And she drowns. End of movie. <laughs> End of movie. <laughs> No, she drowns and then we get the kind of Vaseline lens, without it being the Vaseline lens, but you know, like the red kind of... And you said... This is a dream. This whole movie's going to be a dream, isn't it? Now, with the context of knowing where the parody comes from, of course there would be meta-references because this is a teenage girl of the 80s dream sequence. Yes. So, of course, some of the references we'll have make mm-hmm. sense now. But at the time, that it's still not enough to kind of, like, establish the rules of this dream. Because everything goes really normally until it just stops. Yeah. You know? Yeah. start so... of her dream, we wake up and we meet Frederick. Yes. Who is our blonde-haired swashbuckler boy. Yes. Yeah, still played by Chris Atkins. And he is a pirate. He is a pirate. Not by choice, though. We learn that he's an apprentice who has been apprenticed to the Pirates of Penzance on this boat. It's his 21st birthday, which means he's got his apprenticeship papers. He's no longer an apprentice. He is a pirate. Yes. This bit was quite confusing because we saw two boats and the editing here. This is when I was already starting to get off put by the film. Mm-hmm. Because I thought he was leading the ninjas against the pirates. No. The editing of this is very, very yeah because it's difficult to kind of track he's actually fighting these ninjas quite mm-hmm. single-handedly and they win yeah, the pirate king isn't really helping no we learn that the ninja captain was an irish tenor mm-hmm. they spare him yep but they castrate him and he becomes a soprano accidentally yeah you know like small things like that little bits of wordplay like that i quite like that's like shall mm-hmm. we spare you oh he's an irish tenor we need one of those but mm-hmm. well, he's a soprano now That'll do too. There's some good wordplay in this one. Mm -hmm. Uh, We get the song Pirate King. Yes, Ted Hamilton is a fantastic performer. He's so funny. I did say to you, though, 
I could see a lot of Steve Martin in his performance. Yeah, for sure. You know, if this film was to be made now, Mm -hmm. Steve Martin would be the perfect Pirate King. Yeah. Tis glorious to be the Pirate King, we learn, Mm -hmm. if only for the bejeweled codpiece. Incredible. Tis glorious to be the Pirate King. Mm -hmm. And I like the bit at the end where he he's climbed up into the uh crow's nest yes and he puts his sword through the sail and just glides down Mm -hmm. and we get a line he tore that sail again and he shouts sew that up love to ruth yes this is when frederick gets promoted to full-time pirate but today is the day he leaves yes he has handed his papers and he basically says that because his parents were killed by bad guy pirates by these pirates no no not by these pirates i thought it was these pirates no he it's confusing because he adds a little bit more explanation to it later on in the film but if you hear the whole if you listen to the whole story so he was on a pirate ship as an infant with his parents no not a pirate ship just a normal ship with his parents as an infant and pirates attacked that ship and then the pirates of penzance arrived to attack the pirate ship that was attacking the first ship to steal the gold and so frederick's mother throws him into the arms of the pirate king and the pirate king's like okay this kid's mine now which differs a little bit because they've got a weird code with like orphans like we're all orphans here yeah basically he gets orphaned in front of the pirate king and the pirate king's like cool guess you're with us now so he's been raised by the pirate king and ruth and yeah, they just... Yeah, I thought, because he says he never forgot the day that they killed his family, so it is now his duty to eradicate them. Pirates. Uh, he just means yeah, pirates. pirates. So he's going to eradicate them. The Pirate King says, I cannot really blame you. That is the way we raised you. Mm-hmm. You know, that's quite interesting. Like They knew he would turn against them someday. Yes. They raised him to have this idea of duty and honour, and clearly he still has this sense of duty and honour now, whereas he served his ship... As an mm-hmm. apprentice, he's now a man, and his duty and honour is to his family name. Yeah. So he wants to kill all the pirates and have a life. All he can think of is girls as well. He's quite interested in experimenting and finding his, yeah, his way. The only woman that is on the ship that he's ever met is Ruth, and she was kind of also his maid. Yes. So he's not really into her. We get a great thing where he says to her... Tell me, Ruth, are you what people would call a beautiful woman? Yeah, that bit. I like that bit. So he he says at this point he wants girls. Mm-hmm. And Ruth shouts, she's waited 20 years to hear this, and tries it on with him. And yeah. he's like, no. The Pirate King asks his crew if they missed anything on land over these past 20 years. Sex. So Frederick's mind's made up. He's going to miss them all. And... It seems quite nice at this point. Like, well, off you go then. Mm-hmm. The Pirate King's like, I'm going to make you captain of your own ship. And it's and a dinghy. It's a dinghy. And he's made to walk the plank. He has an awesome dive off. And they all cheer for him. They all cheer for him. he takes it very well. Yeah. I think they know he'll come crawling back. Yeah. At some point. We then meet the sisters. And we go back to Pirate Mabel. Yeah, we get the sisters song. Yes. So all of the sisters, this is... From Pirates of Penzance, yeah. obviously. These sisters look like they're the same girls that kind of betrayed. Yeah, they are. Yeah. It is the same actresses. Yeah. 
Yeah. Cool. Good. I got that then. So they they come down onto the beach to frolic, shall we say? They joke about how Mabel is a disgrace because of that dress. I mean, based on what they are wearing, I have no idea when part the Pirates of Penzance parts of this movie are supposed to be set. I'm gonna go with 1800. Yeah, they are because it, it says later on. We goes well. I'll see you in 1940. It's definitely the 1800s late 1800s so they're wearing a lot of clothes yeah all in white obviously but then their swim clothes are also a lot of clothes more clothes <laughs> more clothes to go in the sea but mabel is wearing like a ripped white dress and you can see all of her legs and she's got a ribbon tied around her head which she then takes off and puts onto a bush one of the girls says about how they wouldn't even wear that to bed themselves mm-hmm. And they joke about like, oh yeah, maybe that's what she's trying to do. It's quite interesting, the difference in real Mabel and dream Mabel. The fact that real Mabel is... Quite conservative. Quite conservative. And the other girls are not as conservative. And this Mabel is less conservative. Mm -hmm. And the rest of the girls are more conservative. Yeah. I think she does look uh, amazing. She looks much better. Pirate life becomes her. Mm -hmm. I like the parasol choreography here. You know, it's it's quite nice during the song that they have some nice choreography. I definitely feel like I enjoy the Gilbert and Sullivan songs far more than I do the non-Gilbert and Sullivan songs. Mm-hmm. This one definitely felt like a, a Gilbert and Sullivan Pirates of Penzance song. Yes. It's what I'd expect their songs to be like. You know, if you if I had to pick something out of a lineup randomly for a musical, be like, that's Gilbert and Sullivan. Like, I feel like I could pick this out. Yeah, for sure. Line up and be like, that's what I expect it to be. Mm-hmm. We cut back to the boat that Frederick is captain of, his little dinghy. Yeah. And Ruth has been following him. Yes. And Ruth uh, swims after him just to ask, was it a definite no? Oh, no, she brings his boots too. Yeah, but I think that's just an excuse. Yeah, 100%. It's like, was it, was it a definite no? And this is where he says, tell me, Ruth, are you a beautiful woman? And she says... By women's standards, are you beautiful? And she's, she's like, I've been told so many times. And he responds with, lately? And she's, she just kind of makes a face. She doesn't react. She's like, mm. It's It's bits like this that I like. Because it's bits like this where it feels like it's more Monty Python-esque parody and humour. You know? Yeah. And I, I wish had been the tone more frequently through this... Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, mm. it's not perfect. Like it's the closest comparison I make is like it, it, it's Monty Python on their worst day. Sure, or Gilbert and Sullivan on a good day. <laughs> I don't know if this is. Here's the thing, right? Contextually, if you look at, and I said this to you while we were watching it, and this is some people are going to be really mad at me for saying this, but if you look at what Gilbert and Sullivan were doing with Pirates of Penzance, it's like the not another teen movie of the time it's got all these weird parody things that were happening in other musicals but were being taken seriously and more opera than anything else and that's fine there's definitely a a place for that Mm -hmm. however i think the 80s translation of it when you're throwing in everything else it doesn't necessarily work i do love it where he spies through his looking glass flirty parasol twirling and you get the noise (laughs) his uh and this bit I thought was was funny is he jumps into the water and the way he swims off when he sees the girls it's it's 
very very sped up and it's so funny for it yeah you know the noise that in moulin rouge that ziegler makes when he moves really quickly yeah. where it's like exactly it's hilarious i liked that bit however it's very weird to have the jaws-esque music as frederick swam on shore because it's not jaws but it's enough to sound like it yes and i was thinking when in the 80s did this come out obviously now we know uh, Jaws is is a, a long, 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 long time ago mm-hmm. because of the references we'll get later on in this film. Steven yeah. Spielberg is very established at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but at this point, I was kind of like, huh, I wonder if they did that deliberately or if it's just like, a, I was like, of course it's got to be deliberate because it's so uncanny. It's like the doo-doo noise, but it's it's like a different octave. Yeah. Uh, but the girls run away. Not because he's a shark, but because he's a pirate. Mm-hmm. Despite his protest, he's like, I'm not a pirate. I'm not a pirate. And then we get the song First Love. And this is not a Gilbert and Sullivan song. No. <laughs> Correct. This is not a Gilbert and Sullivan song. It's a voiceover song, which I find very, very weird. It's that song where they're not singing it there. Someone's singing it over. Well, when we cut to them, sometimes their mouths are moving. Yes. It's so weird. Yeah, it is a weird one. Um, Frederick spies Mabel and he is instantly smitten. Mm -hmm. It's cheesy. It's silly. This felt like a throwback to an 80s parody. Like a film we'd get in the 90s parodying the 80s. Mm -hmm. So it was very, very weird to see like that's what they wanted to do there and then. Yeah. So (sighs) fun fact. Go for it. Chris Atkins had never sung professionally before this. Yeah. In sort of the style of Zac Efron, you know, before High School Musical. Yeah. He underwent a lot of vocal coaching for this film. And although he is credited on the film and the soundtrack, his singing voice is actually dubbed over by Trevor Farron, but nobody told Chris Atkins. No, that's a shame. Yeah, and in 2001... He did an interview with the Pirate Movie Fan Club and he said to them, oh, yeah, well, you know, it's amazing what they can do with modern technology because I don't sing well in the shower. But thank God for machines because they can make anyone sing. And somebody had to tell him that it's not they didn't like dub his they didn't put his voice through a machine they just got someone else's yeah they just got someone else's that's thing heartbreaking for him. so he's lived all this life thinking like thinking that's he did him a really good job with with some help <laughs> yeah jeez this song is just so silly and so ridiculous mm-hmm. we get the horses out of nowhere like where did these horses come from also I... we establish later that he doesn't know how to ride a horse yeah this is, in their, this is 100% them in their brains, which mm-hmm. is why it's an 80s parody, because it's that parody of this love song moment. Yeah. And they're in their minds thinking, like, I think each one of them is, is coming up with a different way. So I think when Mabel is looking at him, they're on the horses. Yes. When he is looking at her, they're running and frolicking through the sand. I think each one I'm of them is... seeing the seashell. Yeah. <sighs> each one of them is seeing what they want to see in this moment. So yes. for her, it is horses mm-hmm. and for him it's frolicking like they're danny and sandy in greece yes he brings her a shell yes indeed uh hello from the shell side he makes her listen to it yeah 
You know, it's like a little bit of Lady Gaga. Stop calling, stop calling. <laughs> you know, on her shellophone. Mm-hmm. And it ends with the most tongue in a kiss I have seen in a film for a long oh, time. Oh man, they really go for that. Yeah, I said that to you when we were watching it. I was like, God, this is that's a lot of kissing. I don't... I'm not prude. No, me either. But it kind of, based on what you get in movies nowadays, you get a lot of like smush yeah. now, and not a whole lot of like making out, which is what they were doing here. Yeah, it like, just with tongue. It, was it crazy. It does look very gross when you see like a man stick his tongue down another woman's throat, especially when you know that they're acting and they're not actually into each other. Mm. You know, but mm. I guess it fits the vibe of this one. Yes. Her. She asks him, do you live round here? Mm-hmm. And he replies with, I've never lived till now. <laughs> no, but do you live here? <laughs> Shakespeare, isn't it? It's proper Shakespeare. Yep. He tells her his story. He talks about the Jolly Roger. She mistakes it for the Jolly Richard. And she's very, very excited. Mm-hmm. There's some nice bits here where he says, Frederick, without a K. <laughs> I'm Mabel, also without a K. We have so much in common. <laughs> That's one of my favourite lines. Yeah. I think that's hilarious. I liked, I liked that that kind of bit. This is where I liked the humour from, without it becoming mm-hmm. like too silly and too over the top and self-aware. Yeah. It's, you know, you can certainly see that parody on what it is to be a pirate movie mm-hmm. at this point. Yeah. And I think it's points like this where it's okay because it's it's showing how ridiculous, like, the script can be for these types of films usually and like the teen lovers yeah well the other thing is it is really customary when you put on a performance of parts of Penzance that you include anachronisms yeah but you include like in the way that pantomimes do up-to-date modern day jokes yes and references and things and breaks in the fourth wall winking at the audience that kind of stuff so there's always been a tradition of adding a verse to modern major general that's like an up-to-date verse which they do in this film but this movie takes it so far with the anachronisms like more than you would be able to get away with in a stage production yeah which isn't inherently a bad thing it's just super weird yeah i love you i think i want to marry you god that was a short love scene (laughs) yeah again like I quite like that point. Mm-hmm. We've established that there's some rules with the sisters is that she's the youngest. They don't know why she's trying because she's not allowed to get married until all the oldest yes. siblings are lost. In the terms of like the taming of the shrew. Yeah. So he's like, I want to marry you. Who do I talk to? And I thought, right, so this is going to become seven brides for seven pirates. Yep, basically. Which it, it basically is, mm-hmm. you know. Um, she introduces him... Or she's going to introduce him to her father, who is a major general. Yep. And every time somebody says a major general, everybody else goes, a major general? Yeah. Which is great. Uh, and then we see that the pirate ship mm-hmm. is pulling into the bay. It's the same pirates. We have the pirate king. Yep. And the sisters run away mm-hmm. because, oh no, pirates, they're going to pillage. Yeah. And we get the chase. Bit of orchestral is fine. Was that... I didn't know if it, because without the words, it's difficult to tell. Is it like Gilbert and Sullivan or is it just orchestration? It's Gilbert and Sullivan edited. Makes sense. By Peter Sullivan. Yeah. No relation. You could hear that there's aspects that sounded, this was like one that sounded very similar to the vibe of the other 
Gilbert and Sullivan songs. Yeah. But without the lyrics, I couldn't be sure because I know... Especially... No, there are no lyrics to that song. But that's it's what, just yeah. an orchestral piece. Cool. Uh, your sisters are in danger. Their virtue, you know. Their <laughs> virtue is in danger. Yeah. The horror. I like that bit. And then we have the pirate king pulls out his sword as he checks that the... The, the ship is properly docked. He leans his sword into the, the sand. sand and falls backwards. And again, for me, that's quite a jarring thing because... They haven't been on land for 21 years. They haven't done enough. He's come across quite suave mm-hmm. in his introduction, right? Yeah. They haven't done enough with the introduction of the Pirate King for me to see him as somebody who is a non-serious character. Yeah, he fair. seems to take pirating seriously. Mm-hmm. He's got like Jareth vibes. Yeah, he you know. Does. So then to see this, it's quite like, oh, yeah, I understand. You know, um, Frederick is useless. He goes up mm-hmm. to try and stop the pirate king, and he says, "This is the one time you won't pillage or plunder." And the pirate king goes, "Oh, really?" And just pushes him to the floor and <laughs> walks like, off. Pushes him over. <laughs> And Mabel steals a sword to save the day and yes. has a fight with the Pirate King. I like that, you know, she is the self-insert character and obviously she is a self-insert character in her dream. Mm-hmm. And she's definitely doing things that women wouldn't usually be doing. Yes. In films of this genre, you know. Sure. You know, when the pirate movies were most popular, I don't think. I'm, yeah, I'm not Frederick saying enough of them could to be know. our main character, yes. but he's not. Exactly, like Frederick is the damsel yeah, character in this. I don't. I've not seen enough pirate movies to really know how they format. You know, the extent of usually my they just is, don't include women. Yeah, but... the extent of my knowledge is Pirates of the Caribbean, which, of course, you know, like Elizabeth Swan is badass. Oh, babe. You know, but I can imagine for the time this is quite like mm. I will be the pirate. So. We also see that as the girls are running away from the pirates, despite the fact. That they are running away. They're also flirting and being quite coy and coquettish. Oh, yeah. And like, it's like... One of the girls holds up her handkerchief to cover her face and it's like, don't, oh, no, chase, don't me. chase me. Yeah. Oh, I tripped. I've fallen. You know, it is very, very like... They, 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 they are all desperate for a man. We're all looking for husbands here. They all, yeah. yeah, and there are no other men on this island. Mm-hmm. Clearly. Clearly. Except no the other, policemen. But they come out of nowhere. Yeah. You know, like, there are no other men on this island, so mm-hmm. they're quite happy for any man. And they're playing hard to get when really they're like, please take us away with you. Yes. Mabel has her sword fight with the pirate king, and he laughs and mocks her because <laughs> you're not aiming for the heart. She's not aiming for She's his heart. She's not aiming for the heart. And you see him stand up a little bit straighter with his yeah. hands in place. Right, so this is the bit where I really started noticing that this is going into parody levels. I've quite enjoyed it up to this point. Mm-hmm. This is the bit where I'm starting to like, I don't like where this is going. We see uh, Frederick biting his fingers, the loud like chatter, 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 chatter noise. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to the sword fight and then we see him biting another pirate's fingers. Yeah. I don't like that. And I, again, there's so much of this that comes out of nowhere. It needed to be more parody from the start. Mm-hmm. And when this is your introduction to the kind of parody elements of this. Yeah. It's quite like you've gone we're very much in the deep end at this point. Because we've not seen any kind of interaction like that at this point. Yeah. So. Sure. Everything stops. Mm-hmm. They say Major General a third time and like Beetlejuice. Major General. Major General. Major General. Major General. Ah, he's here. They mm-hmm. summon him. It's the ice cream man. 
What? He looks just like the ice cream man. And maybe it is the same actor who was selling the pirate treasure ice cream at the start. Maybe it is, because there's a bunch of other characters who play more than one. Like the police inspector and the police sergeant are the yeah. same guy. So I, I'm i pretty certain this is the same character, same actor. Hmm. Now, is it weird that she's seen this random man selling ice cream and identified him as, you will be my father figure? Maybe. Let me scroll through. Or is he like the exchange family's father that she's staying with maybe he's only credited as modern major general as major general stanley i i am so certain that it was the same ice cream man maybe it was which but then when you think about the fact that the big plot of this is the fact that the general has Mm -hmm. given lost his gold and wants his gold back this ice cream man was giving the treasure away there you go. That's what she's connected in her... Like, they say that in dreams you can't make new human faces. Yeah, you can you... only use ones you've seen. Yeah, you'll never be able to make a brand new face in your dreams. Always has to be someone... Which is terrifying when you think of Nightmare on Elm Street, that everyone has seen Freddy somewhere. Yeah. So, I, I, I think it's very weird that he's the father figure, but I guess the treasure... Perhaps I'm giving this film more credit. Perhaps I'm just like, we need an old man. You can be this old man. Yeah. This is where we get... Modern Major General, it's a great song. I mm-hmm. did wonder why they put he's younger than the Beatles, but he's older than the Rolling Stones. But I guess it makes sense. You've told me. Yes. Also, I think that's hilarious. Oh, I liked it. But at the same time, I'm turning off this film at this point because of the weird, unjustified parody elements at this point. Yeah. So I'm kind of like... Why have they added this line? It, I, I like it a lot more, knowing that that's something that would be conventional with Pirates of Penzance. Mm-hmm. And he kind of tricks the pirates away by talking about how he's an orphan too. And they're like, oh, we have an orphan code. Okay, see you later. And off they go. Yeah. Easily fixed. Mabel says that she wants to marry Frederick. Mm-hmm. Uh Frederick doesn't trust that the pirates are going. Fair so enough. he goes and he watches and he sees that they're just docking outside. Mm-hmm. And he comes back to her all concerned. He's like, I thought I lost you. Yeah, you were doing so much to help me. Like, when? When did it ever look like he, she possibly getting lost? It is just, it, it, now I'm talking about it, I'm looking back on these notes. It's very much, it's parody writing. Yeah. You know, like, but in the moment... It, if you have to think back on this to get that it's a parody, like the the, the biggest point where it became clear as a parody was during the fight with the Pirate King. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about that moment there. But at this point, if I'm not aware I'm watching a parody, are you making a good parody? Yeah. Maybe, maybe people would say, yeah, because you don't realise it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, yeah, so instead of leaving... They go and they anchor their boat just outside of the cove. Yes. Which, it was impressive that they got their boat into the cove. Oh, yeah, because it wasn't actually their boat going in the cove. You could see where it was, like, the cove filmed and then the pirate ship, like, it was... Yeah, and the pirate ship is too big to fit it through the the crevasse. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. 
We learn that it's irrelevant about the custom anyway because he will not permit his daughter to marry, uh, especially a poor pirate. If he wasn't poor, he'd We'd be, be okay. Fine. Um, so there's a arrangement made between Mabel and her father, her dream mm. daddy. Oh, God. <laughs> if anything, the Pirate King is the dream daddy. If he can get the family gold back, he will be allowed to marry Mabel. Yes. If they fail... They're going to shack up anyway. And then we get the shot of the uh, Major General just like, oh! Just being like, okay. <laughs> they head down to the cove. Yes, yeah, so the treasure was lost at sea yonks ago. Yeah. But the location of the treasure is tattooed on a map on the Pirate King's back. Yes. So Mabel's plan is to like sneak onto the ship and see his back. And Frederick's like, oh, but he never takes his shirt off. But as they're in the cove, getting ready to swim there, mm. she takes her clothes off, like, to get swimming, as he does at the same time. She's got, like, a corset on. And he says her body's an eight, but she replies that her brain's a ten. It's just a... No, mm. she says it. Oh, it's not it him. Happened? She says the body's an eight, but the brain's a ten. Yeah. Which is cute and, like, kind of self-depreciating. She's a ten. Yeah. But we have... The weirdest costume choice for Frederick. Just the weirdest costume choice. It's like a loincloth. But it's basically a thong. Unfortunately for him, yeah. It's, yeah. So when we were watching the Musical Mash video on this, he pointed out that Chris Atkins is just naked all the time. Well, I actually learned that earlier this year of it being released, mm. he'd posed for Playgirl. What does that mean? Playgirl... Is... I can kind of figure out what Playgirl is. Yeah, however... Does that mean he posed nude? Or... Yes. But here's what's interesting, is Playgirl... Totally going to Google that. <laughs> ...was marketed mainly to women. Hmm. However, had a significant gay male readership. Obviously. So it was founded in the 70s, but I think at this point... People knew they were posing, you know, in a magazine primarily. Even though it wasn't said to be for gay men, they yeah. knew they were posing for, you know, gay men. So the outfit that he's wearing, the loincloth, is a parody of the costume he wore in The Blue Lagoon, yeah. which was the movie that everybody knew him as a heartthrob from. But So I've Googled the Playgirl cover. Yeah. Just to be clear. And it says, Celebrity nude, the Blue Lagoon's Christopher Atkins takes off his loincloth. How exciting. Yeah. So, you know, interesting that I think they're definitely capitalising on, you know, mm. his teen heartthrob popularity and also the body. Yeah. Why not? Doesn't hurt. I'm sure he's okay with it. I hope he's okay with it. Sure. I mean, he looks like a small child. Yeah, he does. You know, I thought he was quite young at this point. He must be a lot older than I think he is. Like, he he looked like 18, 19, probably a, a little bit older than that this time. Yeah. So, they get on board the pirate ship. She's going to make the pirate king take off his top, which no one's ever done before. She just says that Frederick needs something to write on. Yeah, find something to write on. She goes down to his chambers and tries to seduce him. 
We get the line, is that a dagger in your pocket or are you just happy to see me? He pulls the dagger out. It's an actual it dagger. That, I, that's a level of parody I'm okay with. I like that. I thought that was funny. I knew where the joke was going. Hilarious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he asks what the age of consent is. Is around here. This is also one of my favourite jokes. Yep, I love this joke. She says it's 18 and he says, good, then I'm old enough. Mm-hmm. And he's definitely like in his 50s, you know, like he looks old enough. He's a silver fox. He here. You know, there's some nice jokes in this sequence, you know, like he's very much trying on. He thinks Mabel's there. Doesn't understand he's got to do some wooing first. Yes. Mabel tells him that she is a feminist, which means... That the man has to go first, and he says, "Oh, finally, a woman who knows a her woman place." Who knows her place? Yeah. Which that's such such a good comeback. Oh, it is. It is. But I don't encourage it. No, but for this character, it's that's actually hilarious. Yes, yeah. I wrote that down. I'd be really mad if a man said that to me. Yeah, obviously. But she's got no intentions. She's literally just like she's trapping him. Yeah. him. So she wants a trip to the gun show first. That's how he can make her ready for him. Is by posing, by posturing, and you know she's encouraging him to stretch and lift his arms. Whilst we see mm-hmm. Frederick in the background drawing the map, and then he's like, "I'm done now." Yes, you're done. Yeah, absolutely. She blindfolds him, yeah, and leaves, and then allows Ruth to take her place, mm-hmm. and he takes Ruth to bed. Yeah, which you know. I, I take issue with that joke. Mm-hmm. You know, someone's taking advantage of him and we are playing it for laughs that this man is sleeping with somebody he never would sleep with in a hundred years. Because it's funny. <laughs> I take issue with that. And I, think oh, I agree. We can read between the lines. We know. It's just rope culture. Exactly. Yeah. And there, there definitely is a difference in the depiction of like male rape in media versus mm-hmm. and they're all wrong they're absolutely all atrocious oh, and obviously. all wrong but i think this is part of that bigger problem as to why i mean we already know a lot of women aren't believed anyway and aren't supported and it's awful but i think let alone like, men who are sexually assaulted exactly seems like this just don't talk about yeah, it yeah scenes like this are a big part of why yes and i i could do without this this joke you know it's an uncomfortable joke and I, I, I don't like it, but mm. I felt I had to call it out. You know, there's, it's part of a bigger problem. Frederick says that he was unimpressed by sex because he thinks that that's what he's just watched between the Pirate King and Mabel. Yeah. Um, he's such a dweeb. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas he came across quite cool at the opening he's just become dweebier and dweebier yeah and i feel like they should have made him more dweeby to begin with mm-hmm. if you look at austin powers he's pretty true to his character in the 60s as he is in the 90s it's just that what was cool isn't cool now but mm-hmm. he's the same character you know it's not like when he's defrozen his character traits become more obvious he's the same yeah. I feel like that's what we needed Frederick to be is the same when we see him on the pirate ship the first time round. Like mm-hmm. less cool. Cause he he comes across pretty cool. 
you know, he's quite heroic in the fight. He dives off the, the plank with ease. He's just too set on his duty. Yeah. Duty. <laughs> and for some reason, the ship sinks. Yeah. So they cut something here and it's not made clear because there's no extended anything for this film anymore. Yeah. But they've cut something and it's clearly something about him. Even if there was just like he goes down into the bottom of the ship and there's a plug. Yeah. <laughs> you know, something like that where he's done something because he says, I hope you sink. Yeah. And then the ship sinks. Well, because the other pirates, he wakes some of them up as they're leaving and they shoot the cannons at them. Oh, because they he's put life boys on all of yeah. them. Because he doesn't want them to die. He's just sinking their but ship. But there's definitely something that's happened there. It also doesn't make sense because the fact that later on we're going to have the Pirate King talking about who he spent a night with. Hmm. Surely the ship sinking would have stopped minutes later. It's a continuity issue there. Well, I was just going to say maybe he doesn't need that long. <laughs> just like Ahmed. He mentions later on, there's, there's a line way later in the film where... Frederick has a line where he's like, can you just give me an hour to say goodbye? And the Pirate King says, I could have said goodbye. Three Ten times by yeah, now. Three times in an hour. And it's just funny. Yeah. But so, yeah, he obviously just doesn't need very long. Right. We go to a uh, song that certainly is not Gilbert and Sullivan. Indeed. Pumping and blowing. Pumping, blowing. Oh, I did not care for this one. <laughs> The weird animated fish. Right, I genuinely thought, and, and I loved watching Tommy's reaction to this because... <laughs> you thought you'd lost your mind. Honestly, it was the same for me. It's like I thought I had I blinked and missed it. I was like, did I just see a weird bed knobs and broomsticks-esque animated fish? <laughs> yes, multiple fish. And I get... <sighs> right, I know this isn't a Disney film. Mm -hmm. And obviously bed knobs and broomsticks is a Disney film. And their animation department is going to be infinitely better. Anyway. This looked about the same. No. This is this is It's pretty gritty, but it is film animation. But it's it still happens way after Bedknobs and Broomsticks. Like Bedknobs and Broomsticks is a good ten years before this. It was the seventies, yeah? They obviously just didn't want to put any money into the animation. And it shows because it's atrocious. Yeah. Like it really does look so cheap when you literally just have them show up and do like one movement and you have these stupid sexy fish that morph into lips. Into the kiss logo. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. They, 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 you have the three, like, pink fish that just amalgamize into lips. No. Oh, I did. I, I really did. <laughs> this like, song lives in my head. I hated this song. I absolutely hated it. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't like the fact that he's got just, like, the, the diver's helmet on. Apparently that's enough to stop him drowning because you can see where, you know, the... the it actually is. No, because you can see, like, where there's a gap. No, I know. The water but... should be flowing all the way up. Well, but it works like the, you know, in parts of the Caribbean where they walk into the sea with the boat. Yeah. That's how it works. Okay, fine. I don't get physics. And then she just pumps air in, like yeah, oxygen. Yeah, that's what she's pumping so while she's she blowing. Can, he can breathe. <sighs> pumping. Yeah. Blowing. I, I, didn't, I didn't like the sequence. He, <laughs> he finds the treasure. End of movie. Hurrah. End of movie. They can, they can, they can marry each other now end of movie. the pirates have been sunk they've won please <laughs> end of movie they take the treasure to but, her father 
And she can't decide where she wants to put the treasure chest for maximum impact. She decides the table. And he doesn't care anyway. Uh, he's, he learns that the pirates are coming after them mm. because the pirates are like 20 minutes off their trail. There's no army. And Fre Frederick is told to rid to the general of the pirates and he can marry Mabel. So the general has gone back on his promise anyway. Yep. He knew he was sending them on a death mission, apparently. Mm -hmm. And... The pirate king arrives to kill Frederick. Uh, yep. He throws Frederick out the stained glass window. Mm -hmm. And this sequence is so weird because, again, we get the sped up bit. He's like dangling off the edge, climbs up, and we have the the sped up as he's trying to... Across, and it, it's not even like a fast-paced fight scene or, or chase scene. He literally is just like, I could quite easily walk on the balcony, but instead I'm going to walk on... The railing. Yeah. It just looks silly. Mm -hmm. Plain old Ruth captures Frederick. Yeah. I like that she's in a cool pirate outfit now. Yeah, she's in a cool pirate outfit. And the pirate king says, don't kill him. Oh, but I want to. Wait, why does Ruth want she's to like, kill him? I never get to do anything fun. Yeah. <laughs> she obviously just has really loose morals. Yeah. Um, the pirate king says to Frederick that you will be the death of me. And he responds with, Gladly. I'm trying, yeah. And he says, you'll be hanged. Yeah. This is one of my, another one of my favourite lines. Oh no, he says, you'll be hung. Yeah. And the Pirate King says, I am, yes, thank you. <laughs> it's that fun. <laughs> great, it's such a good line. <laughs> they show Errol Flynn for some reason. Um, Ruth is reading a book called Great Adventure Movies. Yeah. Yeah, Great Adventure Movies. And the page she has it open to is the Errol Flynn pirate it makes no sense swashbuckler page how did they get on the roof as well you know at this point i'm still not sure on the rules of this mm -hmm. <laughs> it sounds so stupid why should i be aware of the rules of this they're fighting on the roof they've gone from the library now they're on the roof yeah um the pirate king falls he sounds like a cat like yelping mm -hmm. and then he says we should find somewhere safe to kill each other mm -hmm. they have a drink break I'm starting to become a bit more aware of the rules. They have a drink break because, of course, they do. Uh, the, the the butler shows up with some martinis for them to they drink. Good too. And as Frederick is climbing over the stained glass, the pirate king says to him, "Watch yourself." Watch yourself. You don't want to be cut. Yeah. Which, in fairness, is a good uh, tip because where the glass would have cut him is on his inner thigh, yep. so he would have died. Yep. The one-liners in this sequence are terrible. And I guess they're written to be terrible, but I don't know. I'm not having a fun time with this after pumping blowing, you know? Mm -hmm. The Pirate King gets trapped in a coffin. So naturally, we get a magic show as he finds all these swords and he stabs the swords like the man in the box. Mm -hmm. And he's like, yeah, look at this. My handiwork is done. I've killed him. And he turns around and there's the Pirate King. He opens the coffin, he sees the pirate, the pirate King wasn't in there anymore. The Pirate King stands there, flourishes with his left hand, and a dove shows up. And it lands on his rapier. It's very cute, I love it. I love the flourish he does. It just reminds me of, this is very like Jareth from the Labyrinth yeah. vibes. As a parody sequence and a parody fight, this is this is great. But it, this is there's a lot of this now becoming very apparent that I'm watching a parody film. During this sequence. Yeah. They want to swing on the chandelier here. 
Yeah. The chandelier here. <laughs> I mean, it's a good... There's a good display of gymnastics yes. here. It's great. And they fall and Pirate King disarms... Frederick. Frederick. And... Ruth is like, right, we need to stop now. Because okay, it's getting a bit much. Just kill him. So, so we we find out the, the hinge of this plot. Which is that... Well, We've got a big thing before we get the hinge of the plot. Yeah. He's disarmed Frederick. Mm -hmm. And Frederick is about to be stabbed through the heart. Mm -hmm. And we get a voiceover. Oh my God, I forgot. That says, Use the force, Frederick. And we turn and we see that his sword is now a lightsaber. Mm -hmm. He uses the force. Summons it towards him. And then... The Pirate King says, well, that was very good. Did I teach you that? And he pushes the lightsaber away with his finger and it makes like a noise. And... No, I saw it in a movie once. Yeah. And, and now I know what we're watching. And then he puts the sword down and we see the Pirate King looks down at his hand and on his wrist he's got a bungee cord that yeah. attaches to the sword. And the Pirate King's like, oh, that's very clever. I didn't see it catch that bit. Oh, that's how he did it. Okay. He pulled it with the, the bungee cord. Now I know what sort of film we're watching. Yes. Something like that needed to be earlier on. Like very much... Like more the, of it earlier on. Very much in the opening bits where we first meet the pirates. We needed something like this then. Mm -hmm. You know, we needed one of the pirates to be dressed as a Jedi. We needed one of the pirates to be having a lightsaber. We just needed something. Just, they're just dressed as the YMCA. Like. Yeah. We needed something to establish that this is parody. Now, of course, it makes sense. Mabel would have watched Star Wars. And in her mind, her dream boy is going to be Luke Skywalker. Sure. It makes sense that when she's daydreaming this fight, mm -hmm. he's going to be Luke Skywalker. Yeah. But we needed something earlier to establish the rules. And yes, the rest of the plot hinges on the next bit of information. Yeah, so we learn that Frederick's birthday in his... Contract. Thank you. In his contract, Frederick is signed to the Pirate King until his 21st birthday, which he hasn't yet had because it's until Frederick is counting by years like a normal person. Yep. So he's counted to his 21st year, whereas actually his birthday is on February 29th, 1859. And it he has only had five and a bit birthdays. Because we go by leap year logic. Yes. So he hasn't had his 21st birthday yet. He says, so Frederick says, what? And the Pirate King says, I'm merely making you aware of it. I'll leave the rest to your sense of duty. And of course, he must return to do his duty. And he goes, yeah. oh, yes, duty. Duty, 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 duty and honour are all I have. It's the only good thing you taught me. Yes. So Frederick returns to the pirates. Mm -hmm. And we get another non-Gilbert and Sullivan song with How Can I Live Without Her. How can I live This is not a Gilbert and Sullivan song. Yeah, that's what it said. Good. Uh... Mabel Streep mm -hmm. hiding in the fountain, just like uh, Mamma Mia 2. Yep. Half expects her to shut behind him. He sees her face everywhere. It's a very silly, very, very silly mm -hmm. sequence. And yeah, it does just feel again like we're parodying the 80s. Yeah. But we're in the 80s. Like this is 1982. Mm -hmm. So we're parodying the 80s before they've even got going. So, you know, uh, if this film had come out like 95, 
I would understand why we're getting these kind of sequences. Mm-hmm. Frederick ends the sequence by lying in this custom-built coffin, which why the Pirate King has bought this custom-built coffin for Frederick and placed it there. He How has he got it in? It's not. It's in the hall, in the museum hall for the of the castle. Yeah, it but he said he the... built it custom for Frederick. Did he? Yes. Okay. He said he'd built it custom for Frederick. Now, he had it specifically him. brought here. Yes. He fits perfectly in the coffin, mm-hmm. which I honestly didn't think he was going to. When he's getting in the coffin, it doesn't look like it's big enough for him. Yeah. But, you know, it looks nice and cosy. And he's found hiding by Mabel. And she buys into the logic. She's like, oh, no, of course. Yeah, you know, leap years. Absolutely. You're bound until you had 21 February 29th. Mm-hmm. Because apparently that's what we're all doing now. She does question the Pirate King and Frederick's real relationship. Are they more than just like mentor and mentee? Mm -hmm. Is there a little bit more? Is there something that Frederick wants to tell her? Yeah. The phrasing of it, I guess, is on par with what you'd get for the 80s for that kind of sequence. Mm -hmm. So, fine, fair, it is what it is. He responds with going, it's my duty. And Duty is this film's version of the Fast and the Furious's version of Family. It's like, family trumps all. Duty trumps all. It's all about duty. It's all about family. Sure. I have not seen this film. And we're going to correct that, I promise you. Mabel tells him that his ideas are outdated. Mm-hmm. You know, like, we need, to, we need to live in the modern era. You know, I have 80s sensibilities. So we need to live you know, with, with modern sensibilities. I wouldn't wear a whalebone corset, so you shouldn't go back and do this. Yeah. So fight for my family. And, you know, <laughs> she says that she loves him as midnight loves a moon. And he responds by saying, we've known each other a day and a half. These are very strong feelings to be feeling. Yeah. He was the one who said... Let's get married. Let's get married after one love scene. This bit was weird. He walks on the water until he just stops. Like, it looks like he's walking on water. And he gets the end of, like, a dock and falls in the water. Yeah. But you don't see the kind of dock at first. Mm -hmm. He's just walking on water. So just a weird joke. Yep. We get generic 80s ballad in Hold On. Mm -hmm. Nothing special about this song. It is just, like... You know, well, he got his ballad, so she had to get her one. But it's just run of the mill. Like every '80s album has a song like this. It doesn't stand out. This isn't, you know, uh, Total Eclipse of the Heart. This isn't Papa Don't Preach. This is nothing. Just trying to think of AP songs that you can remember the names of. Yeah, Uh, it is what it is. What do you think of this song? Because, again, it's not Gilbert and Sullivan. No, it's not. It's cute. It's fine. It, it would be on my 80s sad girl playlist. You know, after, like, your boyfriend's just broken up with you. Yeah. And it fits the purpose, but it's so generic. Like, mm-hmm. they could have done more with it. I don't, well, <laughs> they're not doing more with most things in this film, are nope. they, really? The general reveals he cannot lead the army because he's a fraud. No, so Mabel says she's going to do it and she leaves. Yeah. And he says, with women leading war, leading armies, we'll never have a good, have a good war again. And she says, so true. <laughs> yeah. 
And she does say, though, if she wins, she wants a full pardon for Frederick. And he's like, sure, do whatever you want. Yep. He and... is a very disengaged parent. Oh, yeah. But that's because he's not her real party. That's because he's not her real parent. He just wants to sell ice cream. Yep. Her real pirate. He's not her real pirate. Tarantara? Yep. Tarantara, Tarantara. This is... Gilbert and Sullivan. Gilbert and Sullivan. Is it from Pirates of Penzance or is it just like a repurposed Gilbert and Sullivan? It's a heavily edited Pirates of Penzance. Cool. Because at this point I'm thinking, right, so this is a parody. Could they have just got the greatest hits of Gilbert and Sullivan? You know? Maybe that would have been way cooler. Yeah. Right? So we get this one... This is more traditional, and I like it as a result. You know, it's far more, like, in keeping with what I'd want. Mm-hmm. I love that the army are police officers. Yes. You know, instead of having admirals, we just have 80s police officers with their big moustaches, their truncheons, their dancing's very good. Mm-hmm. She rides up to them, you know, like, I'm going to uh, lead you into battle, and they look up at her, and she's dressed like Joan of Arc. Yes. He has like a weird moment where he sees her as Joan of Arc. Yeah. But they, they refuse. They're not interested in being led by a woman. Mm-hmm. And they march off. Yeah. So enter a very Clouseau inspector. Yeah. Played by the sergeant. It's the same guy. Yeah. Yeah. The police sergeant and the inspector are the same person. And yeah, this joke gets old real fast. This is the kind of humour that I'm not interested in. This is definitely where we get into those levels of like a disaster movie where we Mm. get a really bad Iron Man suit that's supposed to be Iron Man. Yeah. And it's like, you know, he's got the mask on and he's wearing a kid's costume and it's like, I am Iron Man or like a bad Batman one. And it's Mm. just like, okay, I can see what you're doing here and you're not doing it well and it's not funny. Yeah. Because he is supposed to be Inspector Clouseau. This is that whole Pink Panther-esque thing. Mm -hmm. They can't understand each other because he's speaking French and she thinks that he's saying parrots when he's saying pirates. You know, it went on far too long. You know, him falling into his bike and Mm -hmm. limping up. It serves no purpose other than bad parody. Uh, she eventually goes after the army and she gets them back to the castle. She mentions that, you know, we're going to go up against these cop-killing pirates. Yep. And their truncheons droop. Yep. That was funny. That was funny. I liked that joke. I like that the truncheons are inflatable. Yeah. I like the bit where they then start doing Tarantara again and it's very, very nervous. Like, you get the more like less confident around raw and they they get into the courtyard and they start circling each other and then they run off like a snail for literally no reason because they're then immediately back with her but the editing of it like the sped up it looks sped up it also looks like photo imposed it just yeah it's weird isn't it doesn't look because nothing in the background is also moving it looks imposed it's very looney tunes yeah so they scarper but come immediately back and then we have We Are the Pirates, mm-hmm. which must be a Gilbert and Sullivan song. Mm-hmm. Probably played the same way it would be played. Basically. Yeah. Um, so the cops are scared. They hide. I like that inst- they, they bought, you know. Uh... <laughs> I love this joke. <laughs> yeah. They... This feels like something that they would do in Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, yeah. I could see it. So they, they've bought like a big log that they're going to use to break down the gates. There was a cannon. 
No, no, it's one of those, you know how you have um, in Beauty and the Beast, it's kill the beast, poof, kill oh, yeah, the beast. Yeah, I guess it is. It's like a stump. It's yeah. that. It's, it's a battering ram. That's mm. the word I wanted. And instead of going to batter the gates, they build a pyramid for the smallest pirate to climb up and over. Yes. And then they walk up and they go to... Do the same thing to the front door and in, they run up and they press the doorbell. Well, it presses the doorbell, which is great. Yeah. Uh, and then we have one of the pirates go, Avon calling. <laughs> which is great. That was funny. That's I liked funny. that. Yeah, like that's like a Rocky Horror Picture Show kind of joke. Like that's the kind of thing you would expect. Yeah. To hear exactly like hello Avon calling. Mm-hmm. You know. And for more on Rocky Horror Picture Show, make sure to check out our episode with Agent Scott of Spy Hards. Yes, indeed. Uh, it's your favourite musical podcast. We talk all things Rocky Horror Picture Show. So go back into the archives and check that one out if you haven't already. Mm-hmm. The butler opens the door and as they go to battering ram again, but this time they run all the way through. And the Pirate King just like suavely staggers through. Oh, he hands off his cape, gloves and hat to the butler. butler. This bit again, very, very weird because it doesn't go anywhere. There's no purpose, but there's no like end to this joke. Frederick's just stood there and all the sisters are like undressing, like the silhouettes of them stripping. Mm. And he's just watching and there's no punchline to it it just happens there's no reason for it yeah if this had been earlier in the movie it would have made more sense like you know when he's like girl obsessed at the beginning but even even earlier there's no there's no reason for it like it doesn't it's like knock knock who's there that's it yeah and we're left away if even if this sequence is played earlier on in the film it doesn't go anywhere it's not a satisfying joke and maybe that is the joke I don't think this film is that clever, though. I think they cut something and didn't realise that they cut the conclusion of this joke. Yeah. I'm not having fun. (laughs) I am. I'm having fun in a weird, like, what am I watching? Mm -hmm. And then I have bits where it's just silly and I laugh. I like the one-liners. I like some of the... But then I see other things. I'm just like, God, this movie is trying too hard. Yeah. The next sequence that we get is called Pirates, Police and Pizza. And it goes on. It covers the whole from now until the end of the fight. Right. So this must be a repurposed Gilbert and Sullivan. Musically, yes. But like edited by... Heavily edited by Peter Sullivan. No relation. No relation. (laughs) Mabel's hidden in a suit of armour, so she bickers with Frederick. I like the bit where she's like... He's like, let's run away. And she goes, have you tried running away in one of these? Jeez, you know. Like, yeah. Have you tried running in one of these recently? It's a real bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Such a good line. She tells him to run away. It's like, you made your choice. I don't care about you anymore. You're not getting a kiss. So he walks away and then sneaks back around the corner to she the kiss. You know. Run up, yeah. And. She's like, he pulls away from the kiss and she's like, you suck. <laughs> yeah. And then we cut back to the pirates who are in the library. They found the general. Mm. And he's like, I'll fight. You know, like, I'm not scared of you. And they're like, right, kill him then. He has like a button on one of the busts. Like he presses the nose and it turns around and he swaps places with his daughters because, you know, he's a coward. He's the worst, yeah. And it's like the Battle of Helm's Deep here that they're throwing up their hooks and the ladders and they're going to climb. They put up a net to climb and the girls are like trying to cut it. And they're just sort of waving swords at the pirates. Yeah, they're not actually doing anything actively to cut it. They're just like trying to 
Like one of, one of the girls does cut one, one of the One of them is trying to load a gun as well, but just doesn't know how. Yeah. But they're just trying to stop the, the pirates from climbing it, but it's all a moot point anyway, because the pirates come anyway from a different angle. Oh, some of them climbed up higher in the library and are climbing down. I like the bit where the police arrive and all of them back off, except for one is like, well, hello, hello, hello. What do we have here? But uh, he's trying to say it and he has to just start. But like he has three to get times. his notes out. He's like, uh, you have the right to remain silent. Uh, anything you can say will be and should be held against you you know like they're clearly useless and they go and grab him and they use him as a battering ram so he says anything you do say will be held against you and all the pirates shout boobs (laughs) doesn't catch that yeah that's kind of funny it is kind of funny so yes uh they run away they Mm -hmm. end up in the gym like yeah, it's a weird gymnasium. The gymnasium that looks like my primary school gym. Yeah. And Mabel is going to fight them off single-handedly. That's her plan. And then all the sisters come in and start the fight as well, as do the police, and they have this fight. Yes. Um, the joke of the police beating up the pirates and one of them seeing the camera and hiding the camera has not aged well. No, it really hasn't. Like, that was an unfortunate It very specifically hasn't aged well, the police brutality joke. Which, like, considering... Considering that technically these police officers are on the side of good as well, and they're still making that joke... Mm -hmm. That's... That's not a good joke to make. No. And it's not aged well. Certainly not. The Pirate King is just doing overhead lifts. He's got one of the old-timey weights with, like, the big balloons at the end. But every time he pulls it down, he hits a police officer on on the head. head. It's really funny. And then... I'm just going to pause and take my breath here. (laughs) Mayboy is knocked down, and we have a man with a scimitar come, and he starts, like, doing flashy moves in a film we've all seen before. Mm -hmm. And then we cut to Indiana Jones. Yep. But it's not not Harrison. It's Ford, not Harrison. Obviously, Ford. They it's a good lookalike though. Like it, you know. Oh yeah, it's pretty. Good. And he sh- it's it's better than like other parody movies where you get like uh, this person's supposed to be this person. Like it, you know who it is from looking. Like it's the costume. They've done a good job making him look like Indiana Jones. And he shoots the man with the scimitar just like Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. And he like raises his hat to Mabel and then goes. And then in comes the pie man. Yeah, and one of the pirates at the same time as you said it was like, pies. Yeah, but I didn't say it like he says, like, oh God, pies. But they're not pies. He was it's like, yeah, he's pizza like, pies. not a pie fight. No, pizza. And then they throw it. And then they're like, not anchovy. Yeah. Yeah, and everyone's getting the pizza thrown at them. Mm-hmm. You know, which that's a good way to subvert, like, your expectations as an audience. We think we're going to get a cream pie to the face. No, we get a pizza pie to the face. I'm fine with that. That's, you know, it is what it is. In amongst the chaos, Mabel and Frederick meet eyes. It looks like they're going to kiss. Instead, she knees him in the groin. Yep. And he says to the camera, war is hell. The general dons his gear and enters the fray. Mm-hmm. We think everything's going to stop. It's not going to. The war's going to continue. And Mabel is stops and says, I should take control of my dream. 
She demands her happy ending. She wants a happy ending. Yes. So <laughs> she's still not allowed to get married. Yes. Because she's too young. And everyone else needs to be married before. Yeah, they're all unmarried. So what are we to do? Well, firstly, Frederick gets knighted mm -hmm. and they're engaged. Which he can't do. Yeah. He's a general. Yeah. He can't knight him, but okay. Uh, she then freezes everything. Mm -hmm. And she matches all the sisters with just random men. She's like, you can marry you and you, you can marry pirate, you. You with this pirate and you with this pirate and you with this pirate. She matches two pirates together. Yep, they seem very pleased They seem it. very pleased with it, which mm -hmm. is fantastic. And as everyone's matched, the pirate king comes and says, I want the woman that I slept with last night to be my wife. And he goes and he's like putting her hair. Yeah, he pushes her hair back. And Mabel's she's hair like... behind her back and she goes, well, enter Ruth. And he's like, huh. Okay. Oh, cool. So he ends up with Ruth. Mm -hmm. Everyone is married and we get the song Happy Ending. The pirate flag is raised above the castle. They drop the Union Jack and raise the pirate flag. Yep. Which is awesome. Yep. We get a really nice dance number. Happy <laughs> Ending. This is not a Gilbert and Sullivan song. Kind of. It's repurposed Gilbert and Sullivan. Yeah, okay. it is. Yeah. It's it's not what I would expect to see from Pirates of Penzance. It's a edited version mm -hmm. okay this sounds very much like the song in rocky four yeah like the training montage song mm -hmm. now rocky four hasn't come out at this point so it's just like an 80s thing like rocky four is obviously you know going to have seen this and been like oh i like that song but it sounds like that song burning heart think that's the one it is yeah so i i was just trying to remember the name of the song throughout all of this and like where have i heard this i was rocky four i know this came first obviously mm -hmm. mabel wakes up she's back where she was on the sand <gasps> but she's wearing the ugly skull ring why because it's all real it makes no sense. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> what in this film has made sense so far? At least there's been a narrative. Like, whether or not I've enjoyed the references or not, this bit makes no sense. Mm -hmm. Because then Frederick comes and scoops her up, kisses her, and she's like, Frederick! And he's like, my name's not Frederick. Yeah, she's like, is your name Frederick? And he goes, no. <laughs> and then they get married. Yeah. Why has she got a ring? I, it, I'm sure there's some, like, law to it. Probably. It was so weird. this says, she wakes up only to discover that she's wearing the wedding ring that Frederick had given her in her dream. It's super ugly. Is that what the note says? <laughs> no, that's my insert. The ring is super ugly. At that moment, the handsome swordplay instructor arrives and lifts her to her feet. He passionately kisses her while she's still shaken by her dream and she asks if his name is Frederick. He says he isn't who she imagines him to be, but then carries her off to marry her thus giving Mabel her happy ending reality as well. They've known each other a day. Yep. Well, in, in the real world, she doesn't even not know even a day. day. It's like a couple of hours. I don't know. She could have been stranded for, for weeks. That's true. <sighs> yeah, they get married in real life too. And, and we get the 80s version of happy ending. The 80s happy ending. And that is the pirate movie. Yes. What's your best song in a pirate movie? I am the Pirate King. I liked Victory. 
Mm-hmm. I think victory is a really great number to open up to. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Is that one Gilbert and Sullivan? Yeah. Cool. And Modern Major General is fun. Like, it was Obviously. nice to see it done. It was nice to actually see it done in the context of a film and not Peter Griffin going, Modern Major General, Modern Major General. you've seen the proms where Alexander Armstrong sings it. Yeah. But, like, that's not in context, obviously. No, exactly. It's nice to see it in some kind of context. Yes. So, you know, Victory and Major General mm-hmm. for me. My skip songs, Pumping and Blowing mm-hmm. and Hold On. Yeah, I will agree with you on Hold On. You know, I think... I think Pumping and Blowing is just really funny. I don't... I just don't like it. I don't like that style of song anyway. Yeah. You know, so... That sucked, especially in the middle. It just dragged me out of the world. You know, I just was like, oh, how much longer's left? Mm-hmm. Could I look at my phone? Could I do anything else? <laughs> you know? Um, Who do you want to play? I don't want to play anyone. You have to. I don't want to be attached to this project. You have to. Um, oh, Pirate King. Obviously. That's like the only good choice. Yeah. The Pirate King. Mm-hmm. Frederick, if he was dumb throughout, I'd have no problem playing that role. Yeah. You could just make him dumb. Yeah, but he's too heroic and, like... You know who he needs to be played more like? Who? Andy Dwyer. Yeah. We've been watching Parks and Rec. I know who that is now. Yeah. But, like, that, where he's just... He's, like, dumb but really well-meaning. Yeah, exactly. That's what he needs to be. So that's why he feels so attached to the, like, honour of the situation. Yeah. Whereas, actually, there's nothing holding him here. No, there really isn't. Because he starts off so heroic. Yeah. And then it all goes nowhere. Which role would you want to play? (laughs) I wonder. Obviously, I'm stuck with Mabel. You could be the Pirate King as well. I would be the Pirate King. Yeah. Who is your MVP for this one? The Pirate King. This is his project, right? So, Oh, yeah, because I saw it's an executive produced by Ted Hamilton. Yeah, this was his idea. You remember when we were talking before about yeah. it? He was the one that was like, hey, we should make a Pirates of Penzance movie. I want to play the Pirate King. So, right, so they for, did. For that reason alone, he's not going to be my MVP. Because it's, it's his fault. His fault. <laughs> um, I actually, all jokes aside, I, I did say Mabel was my MVP. Mm-hmm. Because I think... She does do a good job throughout all of this. Yeah. You know, her singing voice is great. I may not like her songs, mm-hmm. but, you know, her moments, her one-liners, I think she does a really good job, you know, as, like, the lead of this film. Yeah. You know, I, I liked her and I thought she was good. So, you know, really enjoyed her. Mm-hmm. Is there a Mabel-esque character in Pirates of Penzance? Oh, yeah, Mabel's the, the same character. In so it's very much a female-led thing in Pirates of Penzance as yeah. well. Okay, cool. Right, before we get to my final thoughts. Yes. We're going to go over to Twitter and Instagram. Where they're not in line with where I thought they would be having finished this film. I expect You were so confused by that. I was so confused by the response. Over on Instagram, 80% of people said yes, they are a fan. With 20% of you saying no. Awesome. I'm glad that everyone's on my side for this one. Yeah. When we did things like High School Musical, it was pretty divisive, but... How is this more divisive than High School Musical? Joseph Smith, 
over on Instagram said, I look forward to hearing your thoughts. I love this movie. I first saw it when I was real young, eight or nine in the mid 80s, and it seemed to disappear from the world. After years of no one having a clue what I was talking about, Netflix bought it back as part of their original DVD lineup, and I forced friends to watch it. Such a good time. You all doing this episode gives me hope we may get an episode on the Apple, the Phantom of Paradise, and maybe even the 5,000 fingers of Dr. T. Or maybe you've seen those already. Mm -hmm. And then a few minutes later, just saw the Twitter. Sorry, you hated it. (laughs) So I just want to say it's not so much I hate it. I just don't think I get it. It starts as a very serious movie and the parody comes out of nowhere and it's quite jarring. So thank you, Joseph Smith, for that. Friend of the podcast, Elena. (laughs) I think I broke her heart a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) She said to me, Yes, both the Star Wars and Indiana Jones references in the pirate movie. Favourite quote, gah, that was a short love scene. I literally watched the pirate movie on Laserdisc as a kid. I also have the record album for the pirate movie. The plot does not matter in the pirate movie. That's not why you watch it. The costume on Christopher Atkins in the beginning is a diaper. His costume in A Night in Heaven with the amazing Leslie Ann Warren isn't much better. If you know, you know. Mm -hmm. The plot is absolutely bananas. The 1980s stereotypes in the film. This movie is so bad, I swear it's good. The best part about it is that it doesn't take itself very seriously. There are many jokes, both appropriate and not so much. It's one of the most quotable films. Other favourite quotes include, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to deflower you. No, Frederick without a K. Mabel, also without a K. God, we have so much in common. Well, I've been at sea since I was one. How the hell would I know how to ride a horse? Anyways, I love this film. Give me a happy ending and pumping and blowing pop into my head from time to time. Mm-hmm. Again, I responded going, it was just awful. It started well, but then all the parody stuff came in with no warning and I lost interest. There are some great one-liners. And her response, oof, this hurts me. You cut me deep, Shrek. <laughs> it's completely awful, but that's why it's so hilarious. Yeah. Over on Twitter. Now, this is where I, uh, I really was thrown. Zero percent of people said no. Mm-hmm. Everybody likes this. Twenty-eight percent of people said it's yo ho k. That's cute. Seventy-two percent of people said yes. We love a happy ending. Mm-hmm. So Elena did, you know, comment as well on Twitter saying, "Give me a happy ending every time." Yep. I fully support Drew's choice to watch this. At exit underscore music said, I love it because it's super camp and doesn't take itself seriously. Yes, indeed. <sighs> My closing thoughts. I Everyone needs to watch this film. Mm-hmm. I fully agree with a lot of people that it works because it's so bad. <laughs> but if I have to judge it on like the metric that I've established... Can I fairly say that this film is better than Rent? Can I fairly say that this film is better or on par with High School Musical 1? You have to look at it as its own individual thing. Which is why I gave it the lowest score to date. Which is? Half a star. Half a star, no. I don't like many of the musical sequences. Yeah. I like the Gilbert and Sullivan ones. Okay. It's an experience, and I enjoyed the experience. <laughs> if you haven't seen the pirate movie, you should. I know I've just talked about how awful bits of are, but that is the appeal of it. It's so good. But 
you can see why the pirate genre was considered dead and why Pirates of the Caribbean was such a risk because mm. this is what it's become. In the same way, I, when I tried to do my review rating, I was thinking about parody films. Yeah. Like, where does this rank with them? Like, you've got Airplane. Mm-hmm. You've got Austin Powers. You've got Monty Python and the Holy Grail. It's not necessarily a parody movie, but it's certainly, you know, a postmodern take on Arthurian legend. Mm-hmm. And for a really great episode covering Monty Python and the Holy Grail, check out Best you keep Film Ever. to call it Spam a lot. Don't I do you? want to call it Spam. Check out Best Film Ever. They covered it this week, and it's such a great episode, mm-hmm. especially because... They've all been in Spam a lot, and some of them enjoy Monty Python, some of them don't, and desperate to collab with them at some point if we can figure out a way to make Spam a lot work. Yes, indeed. I know that's not a parody film, but it certainly is a parody of an Arthurian legend. Yeah. Even Scary Movie is better than this. Mm-hmm. Not Another Teen Movie is better than this. And those films are trash. This, for me, is more like where we got to you know, epic movie, disaster movie, meet the Spartans, date movie, just films completely devoid of any merit. Yeah. And this isn't that bad. It's somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm glad I've watched it. I can't say I ever want to watch it again. Whereas Rent, I would watch on stage. I'd go and see a performance of Rent. I would give Rent another try. Yeah. So I have to give this one half a star. Boo. Which it is now the lowest one, which I think it's supposed to be the lowest one. It's not supposed to be a good film. Yeah, but in terms of what it's trying to do, I don't think it does that well. Mm. But I think it's an experience that everyone should go out and watch. Yeah. For no other reason than just to see why... I would judge it this way compared to Red. But I, I don't think I could in good consciousness. Like, I at least enjoyed more of High School Musical than this. Yeah. I enjoyed bits of Rent more than I enjoyed this. And this has some nice moments. But I don't think I can say this is on par with those two. <laughs> okay. So, w- half a star for the pirate movie. I had a great time, though. If you go and watch the pirate movie because of this, or you go and rewatch it, message us. Let us know your thoughts on it after yeah. rewatching it. Because it's and if you so watch good. it for the first time because of us, let us know your thoughts on it. Have I been too mean, or have I got it about right? Mm-hmm. Be very, very interested. See, I think I would enjoy watching this film if we went to like the Prince Charles Cinema and there was a Rocky Horror esque night to go with it. Yeah. You know, again, and I'm not saying that this is a comparison. You know, Rocky Horror is so much better than this. Mm -hmm. But I could see where that could become the same experience. Yeah. Next week, we are seeing some live theatre. Yes, indeed. Because we are going to see Be More Chill. Yay. I'm so excited. So am I. I am so incredibly excited. This is going to be a good one. This is a full year in the making. Yeah, we'll talk about that next week. I'm sure our history would be more chill. Mm -hmm. But we are going to go see the limited run West End production. And I can't wait to see it. I'm so excited. Me too. It's going to be a fantastic episode, I'm sure. So make sure you join us for that episode. Mm -hmm. In the meantime... 
you can get involved in the conversation over on Twitter and Instagram at It's a Musical Pod. Let us know your thoughts on the pirate movie. Did I just get this one very wrong? Do you watch this for the first time and agree with me or completely disagree with me? Tell us your thoughts. Let us know. Get involved in the conversation. Mm-hmm. And we will be back next week on all good podcasting platforms. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Stitcher, on Google Podcasts, on the Amazon Music app under the podcast section, and on our OG hosts, Podbean. Mm-hmm. And if you like what we do and you want to make our day a little bit more special, head on over to podchaser.com or Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review and tell us what you like about It's a Musical Podcast. But until next week, same bat place, same bat channel. Have a magical musical Monday. Ahoy mateys, shiver me timbers. See you next week.